all join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. That your word is uh, is living, and it is uh, you call it a double-edged sword. Uh, that your word pierces us. So, dear Lord, may your word pierce us to help us see that we can be healed of of whatever it is that's a chain in our life. Uh, now, you may not choose to do the healing because we see that in Scripture, but you do heal. And so I pray that we would believe that as we've seen in the Scripture that uh, our Lord and Savior has power over suffering, power over death. Thank you for the leadership of this church. Thank you for Ben and Lisa, their family, Addison and Wells. Uh, continue to grow them as leaders, to serve here and serve your kingdom here. And uh, just thank you above all for your word, and may it speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you all again. And like I said, we, uh, we're kind of changing up the, the order of service. Uh, and we're going to be doing that a lot. We've taught some in staff. Uh, we like the idea of just, you know, come to church and you don't know what you're going to expect in terms of when worship is and when the message is or when communion is. The reason is, is that it's one service. It's not pieced and parceled out. And, uh, and we try to think and pray and plan for it to be one whole service that, uh, that we all can experience. And above all, that the Holy Spirit is here. So we're going to have the message, have God's Word at this time. And, you know, I was thinking about this message. I was thinking about the life of just this congregation over the past five years. And some things that have happened in the midst of the, this congregation and to people's lives here and to families here. And so, you know, in, in only five years' time, um, give you a couple of things that have happened. One, uh, we've had family members who've had cancer and they've died, hadn't been healed. Uh, we have family members, when I say family members, a, a member of the church family, um, but maybe a member of your family. Uh, who are struggling with illness like today, uh, like they might have cancer today. Uh, We have uh, brothers and sisters of Christ who have had uh, emotional pain and suffering. Uh, Some extended family members who um, even have ultimately taken their life that, that we've dealt with in the last five years. We have had families who have struggled uh with not being able to conceive a child. Many. We have had uh, couples and family members who struggled with miscarriages. We have had uh, family members and church members and loved ones who carry just significant emotional burdens. Some may deal with addiction. Some may deal with divorce. Some may deal with the loss of a child, and that doesn't have to mean a physical loss, like he's gone or she's gone, and there's been brokenness in the relationship. And we have people who, you know, physically suffer with chronic pain, and they're not, they're not healed yet. And then, you know, last, and I'm trying to think of, you know, things that we've dealt with, uh, there, there's broken relationships, uh, some like in church, some out of church, some, you know, mother, sister, friend, daughter, son, cut, you know, you name it. Pick your poison. There's brokenness in our world. Uh, there's brokenness in our lives. It can be physical. It can be emotional. It can be relational. And yet we look to Scripture, and Scripture is abundantly and adamantly clear 
that God heals and that Jesus heals. And we just saw, as being read, two dramatic, drastic incidents where Jesus healed. Now then, over the last couple weeks and up to Easter, we're doing a sermon series, and it simply asks the question, who is Jesus? And we know from our Sunday school classes that he's Son of God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, rose from the dead, died on the cross, not in that order. But he's so much more. He's about his church. He's about missions. He's about rest. He's about last week we saw sinners, what we term losers, that he uses in great ways for the expansion of his kingdom. Today, we, we can't neglect this one. And actually, we're tying it to another one uh, in two weeks on miracles. But today, Jesus is about healing. He heals. He heals. I don't know if, if you believe it. You're like, you may be, yeah, I believe it, but, you know, but I've never, like, seen it. But I've, it's never happened to me. So hopefully we can see it, and hopefully you'll be healed. Hopefully you'll experience some healing. If not today, you'll begin to believe, and Jesus will, will bring healing in your life. The passage we read, actually, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, to show you even more. Because uh, if you begin in chapter 4 on verse 35 and go all through chapter 5, there are actually four healing accounts. And But, you know, we only have so much time, and I can't, like, I, I have talked to some people. It's like, man, I just, I just wish you'd, you know, stand up and just read Scripture the whole time. And, and some other people say, like, hey, just focus on one verse. So, you know, you're never certain, like, how much to, to share. But if you go through the entire chapter of Mark 5, and I'd love for you to do this in your B groups, and then the end of Mark 4, there are four accounts of healing. The first is Jesus calms a storm. The second is Jesus exercises a demon. The third, which we read, Jesus heals this woman. And then the fourth, Jesus raises the child from the dead. Now, Mark is, um, that's, that's not by chance that, that he shows all those healings. It's not by chance the order that he shows them. And scholars actually say they don't even know if those happen in that order. But Mark, as we've said, the gospel writers are not trying to show history. They're trying to preach. Like they're trying to preach about who Jesus is to us today and to them back then. And so in this passage, we've got first, you know, say who is Jesus? Well, he's Lord of all creation. He stills the storm. The wind and the waves and the rain and the lightning obey Jesus. This Kind of like, like to let that hang out there. They obey Jesus. Uh, the demons obey Jesus. He casts out a demon. He heals a wound. The, the body, the physical body, the ailments obey Jesus. And he's over death. He brings a child back to life. He heals. Healing, so many, you know, so many times we think about healing. Okay, well, it's going to make something that was wrong, you know, right. And, and that's very much the way I think it is. Healing is a, it's, it's actually not even healing, it's restoration. It's the way things should be, and it's a foretaste of what heaven will be. For example, I mean, God created the world, created the heavens and the earth, perfect, sin, brokenness, came physically, naturally, you know, in every way. And so Jesus 
in his coming to earth, I mean, one of the first things he says in Mark, Mark 1, 14 and 15, he's like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is here. Things are changing. Things will never be the same. Healing has begun. What was broken, Jesus came to begin restoring it. So when he heals a person physically, when he heals someone emotionally, when he heals someone relationally, and all those are very much possible and real, it's, it's the way it should be and it's the way it will be. In healing, we see our, our world as it was meant to be and our world as it one day will be when he comes again. Now, first off, when we talk about healing, I, 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 should, I should be square with you all. There are two schools of thought on, like, physical healings, on, like, you know, healing um, from cancer or, you know, bones being back in place uh, or uh, just a physical miracle healing. There are two schools of thought. One is called the cessationist. I don't know if you want to write it down or not, but it's kind of like a, a big, biggie word here, but cessationist. But what that means is people who are cessationists think that healings have stopped. Healing stopped. Now, you say, well, look at the Bible. You see all of these healings. And they would argue, well, they all healed before Scripture was written. And when Scripture was written and in print, and when we've got the Bible, they would say, that's the greatest healing of all. That's the greatest miracle of all. We've got God's Word, so, so we don't need these other healings. We don't need these other miracles. They stopped once the Bible like, came literally, physically into play. A lot of people believe that. A lot of churches believe that. A lot of denominations believe that school of thought, cessationist. There's another school of thought which is called continuationist. I know, big word. I don't even think it's a word, but as in like the healings continue. Even though we've got God's Word, even though we've got the Bible, even though, you know, we, we've got it all recorded down, you know, the Bible is, is supernatural in and of itself and it was written by the Holy Spirit. But these folks say, hey, the gifts of healing, physically, emotionally, relationally, in any and every way, continue up till today and will not stop until God returns. So there are two, again, schools of thought, cessationists, they cease, continue they continued. And, and both these brothers and sisters will be in heaven. I mean, it's not like, you know, it is one of the things that, you know, I mean, you can be a Christian and say, well, the healings have stopped. And you can be a Christian and say, man, they continue. Now, full disclosure, and you, we may have some cessationists, some, some ceasers uh, here. I don't, I don't know. Uh, me, I am a, uh, I'm a continuer. What? Great grammar here, I know. I, I'm a continuationist. Um. Like I've always said, I'm kind of charismatic with a seatbelt, okay? Not full on, not, not, not speeding along, but uh, I do believe that the gifts of healing continue. And some I've seen, I don't, I don't like naturally seek, you know, healings physically, um, but I've seen a few, and I've heard stories of even more, and I believe it's possible, and I believe it's here. But even more than that, I mean, you can be, not be healed physically and be healed emotionally uh, relationally. So I want to tell a couple stories today about healings that, uh, that I've witnessed. Um, and, and one of them, one, you could pick several families, several couples. So I'm not going to name one, but several people I know, not only at Bellwether, but at another church I served and even in seminary. Um, they were, several couples were having trouble 
uh, conceiving. And, uh, you know, they could not bear a child. One even uh, was told by a doctor, you know, essentially, you're, you're barren, you know. It was pretty heavy to deal with, barrenness. And um, so this was at a church I was part of, and we... Um, and it was the first time. And so after this time, I've, I've always encouraged couples who deal with things like this. Like, man, let's have a prayer service. Let's lay on some hands. This, this can happen. So this was, uh, this was in seminary, and a couple was told, you know, it's, 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 it's not going to happen. Um, so at the church uh, that I went to, we had a prayer service. And we got the couple in the center, and we laid on hands, and we prayed. Um, and we, you know, we prayed out loud. <clears throat> excuse me, some prayed silently. Uh, there were some tongues thrown. That's a whole other gift. That's not what we're talking about today, though. But that, that happened, okay? And, and that was going down, and we prayed over them, and uh, they got pregnant. Praise God. Uh, they, were, they were healed. They had, they had a child. That child is alive. That child is, is living. It's real stuff. It's, it's real healings. What was thought could not happen physically happened there's no scientific physical something happened we, we didn't do it who, who did it God did it they were healed so that's just that's just one story of one brokenness that that God chose in his glory and his might to change I hope you believe it you still might not you know it can easily be thought of again Yes, I believe, but, I mean, we have our buts, but this isn't really legit, but this really can happen. And sometimes the healings that we see are just, like, not plausible. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind as I was thinking about preaching on healing, I think about preachers that heal. And the first thought that comes to mind, and maybe the same comes to your mind, is, you know, like the televangelists, they like, they like heal you, and then they hurt you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you know Bam! You're healed, and then they break your back because they fall. You fall down. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, they're, they're literally people. I mean, I don't know if they broke their back, but it looked like it at least. And um, look, I'm not going to argue they may have been healed and everything. But, you know, I think about that, and uh, you know, the televangelists and the healing ministry. It's it's look can be totally legit, but you know, I'm like, ah, come on, man, is this? It it is legit. God heals. God heals. Um, what would be a definition of healing? I, there's no specific definition, but one that I thought of, like for you, personally, member of a church or going to a church, um, an easy way to define healing was in prayer, in prayer, and in counsel. So it's like you counseling someone else, you shepherding someone else, you what we call discipling someone else, you talking with someone else, and prayer. So in prayer and counsel, a supernatural event happens, and there's a healing. So it, it, you probably won't find that anywhere, but that's just, that's just kind of my JHT's definition. By prayer and by counsel, supernatural event by God happens. Now, you may say, man, I couldn't do that. Um, you know, the thing is, not only does God heal, God uses you as his healing agents. You and me or us or people, just like we talked about last week, 
God uses very broken people. God uses very broken people to heal. Um, something that I, that I couldn't preach this without referring to, and we're not going to read the whole chapter, but you should note 1 Corinthians 12, okay? Maybe this afternoon, if it's stormy weather, if you've got nothing else to do, read 1 Corinthians 12 or, or read it this week. 1 Corinthians 12 is all about spiritual gifts, okay? And one spiritual gift is the gift of healing. And certain people amongst ourselves have a gift of healing. They may heal by their words. They may heal by their presence. They may heal by their touch. They may heal by prayer. But it is a biblical spiritual gift, and some of you have it. Not all of you. But with that being said, all of you have a spiritual gift. I mean, if, if you call yourself Christian, if you have Christ live in you, you got a spiritual gift. And 1 Corinthians 12 lays out all the spiritual gifts. I mean, one is uh, administration. Don't have that one. Um, just me. But another one would be like prophecy. Another one would be healing. Um, another one would be tongues. They throw that one out. Um, so anyway, all the spiritual gifts, hospitality, a lot of y'all have that gift. Anyway, and it is so important to discern your spiritual gift and live into your spiritual gift. And one of them is healing. And if we have healing agents, we need to, you know, let them go. And let God use them to heal. Because we all need healing. We, we, we have a world in need of healing. We still say yes, but. Something else I could refer in the Bible. Every chapter except Acts 16. Every chapter in the book of Acts has some type of healing. Whether creation, whether a, a physical healing, whether raising from the dead... Every chapter in Acts has a healing. And we can still be like, yeah, but, but. We'll hold off our buts. Sorry, that came out bad. We'll hold off our yets. Um, we'll hold off our yets when someone we love has cancer. We'll hold off our yets when our child's sick. We'll start believing in healing. Another story. Um, Honduras, we love Honduras, sending teams down. It's growing, thriving. Um, there was a church that we went with back a couple years ago, and there was a lady, some of us know them, her name's Lillian, Lillian Brown, who, man, she's like, I think she's got a gift of healing. She's like, man, let's throw it down, let's lay some hands, let's pray, let's get this demon out, let's get this, you know, leg work. I mean, she, right then, right there, you know, I love that. And uh, so we went with her church, and one day we were in a, uh, not a village where we were working, we were in a poor village uh, on the other side of this lake. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and there was a woman with some type of stomach ailment. I mean, I don't speak Spanish, you know, I can get Ola, that's about it. But, you know, uh, she had some type of stomach ailment. And she came and she's like, you know, my stomach's, you know, hurting, you know. Uh, it was bad, ferociously. And so Lillian's like, man, let's pray for you. Let's pray for you right now. It's like, she's like, come on, let's. Let's lay hands and pray on her. And so we all gathered around. And, you know, I, I was thinking about that uh, as I was preparing the message too. I was thinking, you know, why don't we do that here? I mean, I know people will look at us strange. We're like, why don't we just, you know, lay hands and gather in the foyer, in the service, you know, at work. Because we look, we'll say we look like idiots. And it's like, at least we can in Honduras or India or wherever we go. They're open to that. And so we don't look like fools. Man, let's, we need to pray for people. We need to lay hands on people. But anyway back to in Honduras so we lay hands and we prayed and she led us in prayer and some other folks prayed we had a time of prayer it was right there in daylight right in the center of this village you know just praying for 
said amen. There's a period of silence. She said something. Never forget this. Lillian said, she said, the pain is gone. She said, the pain is gone. And that was it. The pain was gone. Now, you can, you know, say what you want. We can't presume that lady and, you know, what she was thinking or what she was feeling. But what we did and then what she said, something happened. And there was a healing. She was healed. I believe she was healed. I believe it happens. I believe it's power. Holy Spirit power. Why does God heal? A couple thoughts on healing. Why, why does God heal? You're like, well, you know, to make something that was bad, good, to restore. Yes. But more so, God heals so he can get the glory. God heals so he can get the glory. It, I really want to impress this because a lot of times healing's about us, either as healer or, you know, like my gift, I'm a healing agent. That's good. But we got to put God first. God heals because he gets the glory. God heals because we say something happened that, that we can't explain. Like a doctor, I've heard doctors say this, there was an x-ray and the bones were out of joint and now they're not and they're back in place. And I don't know how to explain that, but God did it. Uh, there was a, a sickness or an ailment that we had no capacity to do anything and it's okay, God healed. There was an emotional rift in our minds. We're like, how am I ever going to get over this? And God brings healing. There was a relationship that's broken. You're like, Will, will this ever be restored? And it, God does that. Why does God do it? For his glory. So that we can say, we had no part in this. this. This was not us. This was God. That's what he wants. That he is glorified. What we want to do here, glorify God. He can do so much more just on his own than we could ever do. And when God gets the glory, that brings us the most joy. I want you to, I want you to really, that, that can be like a kind of a minimal point. That's, that's a big point, though. When God gets the most glory, we get the most joy. See, we think when we get the most joy and do what we want and live the way we want, we'll have the most joy. No. When we're giving God glory and when he's getting glory, there, there's an abundant joy in us. And that also ties in when you're using your gift, your God-given gift, that's why I'd love for you to think and pray what your spiritual gift is. You're going to have more joy, and then God's going to get the glory. There is nothing greater, and I've seen this in, like, lay folks, in leaders of churches, also pastors. You know, pe- people are just living in their gift. And there's no greater joy in them, and, and they bring God the glory. It's like it's, it's, all, it's all God. So God heals. God heals for his glory. Let me say something else about healing. Um, God does not always heal fully. Dot, dot, dot. Hang on to that. God does not always heal fully. Um, You know, my grandma, um, wonderful Christian lady, got her uh, nativity scene still, uh, nearly Valentine's Day. Uh, But nativity scene's Christmassy, just if y'all missed that. Um, Up, but... She was a painter, she was an artist, and she would take these ceramic figures and paint. <clears throat> and so she did this beautiful nativity scene. Uh, cancer took her at 51. Um, one of, you know, so I was five or maybe six, you know. Still have memories, painted with her. Uh, didn't get that artistic painting gift, but love her. And she was this wonderful Christian 
you know, woman. And, and God brought her home at 51. Um, her husband, my granddad, uh, he got cancer at 56. The Lord took him home at 57. Uh, good, strong Christian man uh, that God chose uh, to not fully heal on earth, yet they are healed in heaven. Um, you know why? You know, I don't know, but he, you know, sometimes God does not fully heal. Um, there are people, you know, I talked about uh, people in our in our church family opening up that you know things that they've dealt with, things that have happened, things that have not been fully healed. Um, you know, we have several people here who um, either have had some chronic pain, uh, you know, back pain, major back pain. Um, and, you know, haven't been fully healed. They can be fully healed, but, you know, that hasn't happened as of yet. Um, you know, doctors even told me, I, you know, I mean, I can't complain at all, but I've, I've got this bad back where the doctor said, you know, you've actually, I've actually got an extra vertebra in my, in my spine. And so I was having back pain. I was like, well, you know, you've you got to live with this. I mean, we can't, we can't, like, take a vertebra out of your spine. So it's like you literally kind of have too much backbone, and it's going to get out of joint the older you get, and you're gonna you're gonna kind of be in pain, uh, enjoy, you know, more or less. Um, but I, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why people have these little, you know, we're, we're broken. Our, our bodies are broken, and sometimes, you know, God will heal, and sometimes He will choose not to fully heal, but He heals. So to finish that line. God does not heal fully, dot, dot, dot. God always heals selectively. God always heals selectively. What do I mean? You could be beat up physically or something and be the most uh, peaceful, like emotionally and growing spiritually and God healing burdens in your life and he heals anger and he heals bitterness and he heals relationships and yet he may not heal you physically or he may take you home at cancer a.k.a. My, my grandparents, strong, you know, men and women of God. Or he may choose to heal you physically. And then you may be burdened with anger at some point, and you may not have laid that on the altar, and you may not say, man, God, take this, and take this burden and heal this. And you want to hang on to it, and hang on to the offense, and hang on to the resentment, and hang on to the bitterness. You ain't going to get healed. You do that. Ultimately, for that healing to occur, you're going to lay it on the altar. God, heal this. I can't, you can. God never heals fully. You know why? Because then we wouldn't rely on God until heaven. But he always heals selectively. And he will always bring healing when we ask. He will always bring healing when we ask. It may not be the healing we want, but he'll bring healing. Another story. Um, I've, I've used this before because I, I really think she's a hero and, and a model for all of us. Her name is Joni Erickson Tata. Uh, she's got this great uh, ministry to women and men, but um, she was a Christian, and then she got paralyzed, and like not just let, you know neck down paralyzed, you know bad deal. You think life over. Uh, those of us who like to use you know arms and legs, and I think all of us do, you know. Um, and so she's like, she got angry. She got mad. So like, I'm a Christian, and you know I don't see any healing coming. And then she prayed and she fasted and she had other people pray and fast. And healing didn't come. 
And she says in her uh, biography or autobiography, or it's like, you know, that there was a period of great resentment towards God and great anger towards God. And she reached a point and she said she let it go. She's like, you know, I, God still has much for me to do. And, and God can bring healing later in life or he may not. But, you know, it's his deal and my life is his and this has happened and I want to be a healing agent. So she used what happened to her and she began to write, she began to paint. I mean, literally with the pencil in her mouth and the paintbrush in her mouth. And uh, she, she began and, and has grown this, you know, this thriving ministry to, to people all over the world about what God can do uh, in a life, how God can bring healing when someone doesn't look healed at all. And God's using her. God's, God's healed her of, of bitterness, of anger. I mean, imagine, I've thought about it, you know, just going through life, you know, wheelchair, you know, paralyzed from the neck down. I mean, what a testimony. And being at peace and being free of anger and free of bitterness. She is healed. She will, she will certainly walk again. She will run again. She will fly, as we all will in heaven. But she's healed today. God heals. God heals. How does he heal, real quick? How does he heal? He heals in prayer. I mean, just to simplify it. I, I mean, I, I would ask you all, please pray, you know, for healing, first of all. Second, please ask people to pray, either for you or if you've got some deal that you're, you're struggling with or someone you know is struggling, ask people to pray. He heals in the laying on of hands. You're like, well, how does that work? I, I don't know. It's biblical. Like the disciples did it. So, you know, I think they're good examples to follow by prayer, by laying on of hands, by fasting. He heals. He heals. So pray. Ask people to pray for you. Ask people to pray for someone else. Have a prayer service. He heals in faith. And a prayer that I pray over and over again is, Lord, I believe, yet help me in my unbelief. Lord, I believe, yet help me in my unbelief. Because I battle with that. And I think we're all honest, we all battle in some form and fashion of unbelief. The truth of the matter is, many of you are already healed when you've received Christ. You're already healed. That, that's, the greatest, that's the greatest healing that we can experience this side of heaven. Physically, emotionally, relationally. If you have Christ, you're healed. And so it, it's not going to get any better than that, honestly. You're like, oh, great. But no, I mean, seriously. That's, we don't understand, we don't appreciate what Jesus has done, what we have in him. You're healed. But I want to refer to the scripture passage again. And two things that hold us back from being healed. We see this in the two people. The first was the father, Jairus. What's interesting, what you can easily miss, and Mark notes, and Mark was sparse with his words, is a leader of the synagogue. You know what leaders of the synagogue did? They hated Jesus. They despised Jesus. They mocked Jesus. And yet here's a leader of the synagogue who is fleeing to Jesus when his daughter is on her deathbed. My point in that is that for us, many times we can think we don't need Jesus. 
You know, healing can come through us. Healing can come through, I got a good job. Healing can come through, hey, I got, um, I got a nice life. I got my boat. I got my car. I got my second home. Um, who needs Jesus when you got all that? Then, then let a daughter or a son be on his deathbed and willfully. My point in that is, you know, this, this leader who did not, you know, give Jesus credit. He ran to him. He, he had some belief. And so I'm saying you have some belief because you'll flee. Grow that belief. Rely on him. And then second, there was this lady. There was this lady who, you know, had this ailment. Um, it says hemorrhaging 12 years. Uh, doctors had not done her any good. Just brought more pain. And the theme about her, though, and this could be so many of us, I believe that this lady had so much embarrassment and shame in her life. I think part of it was because of her, her ailment. I don't know, you know how that happened or how it started, but I think there was so much shame. She's like, I can't even face Jesus. I, I can't even bring to, 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 to be in his face and like to just ask him. So I want to I hide. I just want to stand in the presence of Jesus and just touch him. And see, that can be so many of us, too. We have our ailments, and we have shame, and we have embarrassment. And we're, we're like, I'm, I'm not worthy to just to stand in the presence of Jesus and, and, and look at him and, and see him and ask. But, but maybe if I can just, you know, and this is maybe some of you, maybe if I can just kind of come to church and kind of hang in the back and just, I still have this, I have this belief that Jesus can, can heal. And he can, and he did for her. But what I'm saying for us is that, man, I mean, she had... She had this faith, and, and you have this faith if you're here. The thing about Jesus is, man, he, he doesn't see the shame. He doesn't see the embarrassment. He wants us to come to him as we are. He wants us to come forward. A lot of times, like, you know, I don't want to repent. I don't want to talk about my sin. I don't want to talk about my ailment. I don't want to talk about, you know, how I'm weak. And Jesus is like, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Come to me. Show me your weakness. I will give you strength. He will be our strength. I love these two folks because it really, it shows their weakness. One didn't think they needed him, and the other one was like, I'm ashamed, and, and Jesus heals them. So certainly if he heals them, he will heal you. He'll heal us. But we've got to look at him in the face. We've got to come forward. We've got to say, Jesus, you know, help my unbelief, and he will. Again, we're going to use this service as a time of healing. Um, so we're going to do something different. And I wanted to end with that passage rather than kind of start with it because so often we, we don't want to come forward because we're embarrassed, we're shameful. Um, I always kind of say, you know, if, if somebody, you know, you're thinking if somebody sees me walking to the altar, you know, they're going to say, well, what did he or she do? You know, who are they messing around with? Oh, that marriage is going to pot. You know, hey, you got to get past that. We're, we're all broken here, number one. And Jesus wants to come to him as we are. So we're going to close. We want to have a real time of healing because um, all of us ultimately need to be healed. Even if we've been healed by Jesus, there are things in our life. And, and we believe, or, you know, I'm, I'm saying we believe that prayer and laying on hands heals. So we're going to do something different today. It's why we had communion at the beginning. We're going to have a time of healing, of prayer and healing. And uh, I'm going to ask those uh, who serve as deacons uh, or, or leaders 
to come up here, our lay leaders. Uh, they're going to be down either on the floor or on the sides because what we want to do, uh, and also our staff folks as well, those who work here, we want to we be just minimal agents of healing for you. I say minimal because God's the ultimate one. But if we can pray with you, if we can lay hands on you. And again, I know it's like, you know, I mean, our culture, again, is, you know, I, I don't want to come forward because then I look like, hey, look, we're all, <laughs> we're all broken. We're all sinners. And we believe as a church that the Holy Spirit is here. And we believe that we can pray and lay hands and bring about healing. So we want to heal. Like we want healing. So I'm going to invite you, and you may need to be in your seats or, you know, you may not feel led legitimately to come forward, but man, if the Holy Spirit is, is like speaking to your heart and like prodding you, and I felt that before and I, I've remained seated, if, he, if he's like prodding you, man, come forward, move, come to Jesus, and, and we're just, man, we're here as a family of Christ, we're all in the same boat, we just want to pray for you. If you want to tell someone specifically, you know, this is what I need healing, tell us. Communicate. We'll go as long as we need to. We just want there to be healing. We want there to be prayer. We want there to be love. We want there to be the love of Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit that heals. So I'm going to invite deacons, leaders, staff leaders, come forward, stand wherever God leads you to stand. You can be up here on the side. And the rest of you, I want to ask, I'm going to invite you to not be like that woman was in Scripture. saved and then you know there's still so many things it's our sanctification our our walk with Christ our our becoming a leader for you it doesn't happen overnight sometimes we got to battle things we did in our past sometimes we got to battle things that are going on in our present sometimes we doubt our future and we're weak help us in our weakness help us in our unbelief may we be a church of healing may we be a church that is not ashamed to come before you fall on our face and you will heal and I pray for full healing however you see it in the lives of these people in the life of our church that may be physical it may be emotional it may be relational I just I ask that you give us the power to believe it and that you grant it in Jesus name Amen